Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and we've got an interview today with BJA member Balaboy2234. But before we get into the interview, I kind of want to share a little bit about what you are going to hear in it. And there could be a little bit of a formula to interviews with APs. It's like they discover advantage play, they train, they go out there and start grinding, they start making money, and then they share some fun stories, some back offs, um, some life lessons, whatever it is. But this one's going to be a little bit different. Ballaboy did a lot of those things. He actually did all of those things. He found out about it. He trained. He learned it. He was making money. And then through some kind of uh, decisions or through some variables that he wasn't controlling, he started losing money and, you know, nearly gave up. And this story does have a happy ending, and I don't want to give it all away, but I just want you to say, you know what? We can learn from other people's success, but we can also learn from the mistakes other people make. And Ballaboy was willing to share both his successes and some mistakes that led to him nearly giving up on advantage play. And one other thing that, that I'll share real quickly is I just filmed a kind of 10 minute video. It's, it's basically just a, a walkthrough of this graph that a friend showed me about five years ago. And this graph has on the vertical axis, it's risk, low risk versus high risk. And on the horizontal axis, it's opportunity, low opportunity, high opportunity. And I don't want to try to explain it all through through podcast, but basically on this graph, you're, you're saying, with my opportunities, am I managing these things? Am I going after opportunities that are have high opportunity and low risk, or at least high opportunity, high risk, or low risk? You know, basically, Ballaboy made some decisions based on what was available to him that that resulted in some kind of low reward, high risk advantage play. And you know, once that was figured out, it, it unlocked a lot. So that video, I'm gonna put it in our members area at Blackjack Apprenticeship. Maybe I'll put it publicly. We'll put a link below in the podcast show notes. But you know, to find out, find all sorts of awesome stuff from videos to training software, betting software. Uh, members forum, casino database, members only podcast, that's all in the members area. But just want to let you know about that video walkthrough that I just did of the opportunity risk graph. So without any further ado, here is my interview with Balaboy2234, the one and only Balaboy. Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship and I'm joined with BJA member and card counter Balaboy2234. How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, so let's get right into your story. Can you share with us kind of how you got interested in card counting and all that stuff? Um, how I got interested in card counting. Um, it's an interesting story. Um, so I've always been a gambler uh, kind of throughout my life. Um, even when I was in college, we would, um, when we get our financial aid checks, I hate to say this, but when we get our financial aid <laughs> go to the casino, and, uh, you know, basically just kind of blow it all there just because it was fun and it was kind of free money at the time. So, um, you know, we'd get our financial aid checks and we'd go and just have a ball. Um, and I always just like blackjack because I felt like it was really, um, you know, I felt like I, I would, could actually control what was going on, you know, on a roulette table or something like that. You just pick a number and whatever happens, happens. But with blackjack, you know, it's like, okay, well, I know the next car coming or this and that, whatever. So, um yeah, I always used to, um, to gamble. And what really got me into card counting, uh, one trip, um, I really enjoy going to Las Vegas, and I would gamble Las Vegas. So one trip, um, I'd gone to Las Vegas, and uh, we were out partying and stuff, and kind of was a wild night. And I ended up winning like six or $7,000. Uh, just randomly, and I didn't even bet high uh, money or anything like that. I just kind of went on the winning streak and was winning. Um, so then uh, the next day, I was like, ah, should I kind of save this money or do this? And I was kind of like, you know, it's free money at this point. Let me just spend a thousand. If I lose it, then I'll stop. Sure enough, I ended up losing it all. So when I had gotten all, back, all six or seven thousand, or or the one thousand, yeah, all, six, yeah, oh, all six or seven thousand. Yeah. So when I got back uh, home, I was really upset. I was like, how did I let myself do that? And I was like, I wonder, is there a way to 
count cards. And I ended up looking it up, um, like learn how to count cards and uh, BJA popped up. So um, then, you know, I was debating going back and forward and trying to uh, get a membership. And I had talked to you and one of the things that had really um, sold me was I think it was like a 30 day money uh, back guarantee. So I was like, okay, I'll just sign up for the <laughs> membership. And 30 days later, I'll just cancel it, get my money back. I'll know how to count cards. I can go back and get all my money back. <laughs> but obviously that didn't happen. I um, joined, um, started learning something, realized there was a ton of stuff to do. So um, I just stuck with the membership and that's how I got into card counting. So how much do you think you lost in your career as a gambler? I don't know if you call it career, but in your time. Uh, I know. Yeah. I, I'd hate to call it a career. Uh, I, it was the, it was, the, I, I never went in and like blew tons and tons and tons of money or anything like that. I was the kind of gambler where it was like, okay, I'd go in, I'd have 500 bucks. Be like, don't worry about losing it. Go in, have a good time, whatever. But generally speaking, end up losing the money. So it's not like I was out there with five, six, seven thousand dollars all the time. But I mean, I lost a good amount of money just from, I don't know, let's say $10,000 in total. Wow. Probably. Yeah. Uh, through, through college and after college? Yeah. Through college and after college. So probably let's say when I was 21 um, to let's say 28, 27, 28. Yeah. I probably lost about $10,000. Cause that, that stuff adds up, you know? Yeah. $500 here, $300 there. It just adds up and you know, you're always trying to do it. So yeah. And that's how those beautiful casinos are built. Is, exactly. Right. You know, that, then, that, the, yeah. The cool thing, I mean, I remember I always used to, you know, we'd always try to get comps and that kind of stuff. Uh, so sometimes, you know, we'd go and just gamble just to get free drinks or just do this, just do that. So we thought there was some uh, strategy to it, but we, we were getting so much. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, definitely don't recommend people, college students listening to this, using your financial aid to go <laughs> gamble, but yeah, I'm sure, it, you know, I'm sure you're not the only one who's, who's done that. Um, and, uh, so you decided to, you know, actually learn how to play. You got the membership or whatever you trained. What did you have a goal at that point? Was it to win back that six or 7,000? Honestly, yeah, that's all my goal was. I was just like, I just want to go and get my, um, well, yeah, there's two casinos. Uh, so that, that six or 7,000, that was at the hard rock in Las Vegas. Um, mm -hmm. and there was another spot uh, out in California where I was going to college where they would always take our money. So my goal was to get that six or $7,000 back and get all the money that I lost uh, in college, um, <laughs> from our scholarship money and that kind of stuff. So that, that was just my goal. And, and really, it was really just kind of really to, to learn how to do it. But yeah, I would say that was really all my goal was. It wasn't anything serious. And, and did you think that once you got that money back, you'd, you know, hang up your uh, gambling ways or be oh, done? Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, I had no uh, plan on doing this long term or, yeah, not at all. So tell us a little bit more about what your training was like. Um, obviously, you probably watched videos and flipped over a deck of cards and all that stuff, but can you go into any yeah. more detail? So, um, right around when I signed up for my membership uh, for uh, a um, I had a, uh, another buddy who he had just graduated college and I was like, Hey, you know, I got this idea. Would you be interested in doing it or at least training with me? So he was like, sure, let's do it. So uh, me and him, he, uh, I had a, uh, I started a company, a youth sports uh, organization and uh, he worked uh, for me. So what we find is that uh, while we'd be working uh, partway through, he'd be like, hey, let's stop and let's count down a deck of cards. So we start counting down a deck of cards together. The next thing you know that, you know, that's five or 10 minute sessions turn into 30 hour long sessions where it's just like we're uh, racing each other. So you can count down a deck of cards fastest, um, you know, just uh, filling out, printing out um, the, the worksheets and filling those out. Uh, so we were doing it quite often i'd say every day um it went from like i said five minutes every day to next thing you know we're doing it for an hour or two every day just kind of having fun so um, yeah. him really helped uh with regards to you know keeping it fun and keeping it entertaining for me and it also i'm a very 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 competitive person so mm -hmm. it made it 
uh, competitive. We were kind of competing against each other. Who could move that? Make sure we did it correctly and all that kind of stuff. So that that was really uh, my training session. Yeah, that's actually uh, I, I really like that. If you have someone to train with, you know, one you have accountability. Two, you've got that kind of uh, competitive nature. I know we've had um, Smurf AP and BCD on on the podcast. They train together. Uh, I know we've had other people too, but um, you know, I, I didn't really have that. I got trained by someone or dealt to once by someone, but I uh, didn't really have a training partner, but I could see just how helpful that would, that would be on, on so many levels. Yeah. And it's, it's like you said to the accountability, because if we're both there and, you know, we go down or we're counting and all that kind of stuff and somebody else, oh, what number were you at? Or not even when it's uh, counting down a deck of cards, but you know, if we're just uh, doing something, you're being able to hold somebody accountable because, mm-hmm. you know, if it's in your the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I was only off by one or I was only off by two. But then with your training with somebody else, like, oh, man, you were off by two. You know what I mean? So now yeah. it's just, you can't just kind of breeze through the fact that you messed up for anything. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. I mean, you could come up with a whole list of uh, competitive drills from counting down a deck to filling out a basic strategy chart to writing out the deviations or you know, oh, playing yeah. and shoot perfectly, all that stuff. Yeah, and we 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 kind of made up some of our own things too. Because uh, this was before the revamp of the website, where you could do a whole mm-hmm. test out. I think at the time you really only had like uh, basic strategy, and I think like regular, uh, like kind of a count down the deck or something like that. At the time, it was before mm-hmm. you had everything that you have on the website now. So we kind of made up some games. Um, within each other like we have to tell each other like when to stop and like we we count down and then make sure oh we got the same number and then uh, one of us was off you go and see who was off and stuff so we, we kind of made up um our own games uh we yeah. sometimes deal to the other one you know what i mean and just like all right i'm gonna be a really bad deal i'm gonna do this and i see what mistakes uh, i'm making as dealers you know what i mean so we just kind of really had fun with it uh, at the time that's awesome. Even if even if you didn't have someone in, uh, you know, like that that you know uh, personally to train with, you could probably find someone in the forum that you know is also starting out and say like, "Hey, you know, you want to be my uh, training, whatever accountability buddy," yeah. and say who can test, who can like test out first, or who can master the basic strategy drill first, or whatever. Um, I'll bet you that would accelerate someone's training just having yeah the accountability and the competitive uh, yeah and like, um, like i said I'm, I'm super competitive so that helped me personally yeah yeah absolutely absolutely uh i've been playing um madden 21 with my son my 13 year old son great and game, great I, I could i could just whoop him every time when we got the game and then it was like he could beat me one out of every four or five games and now i can't beat him and it's driving me crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. I'm searching YouTube for, you know, how to pass rush better or whatever, because I don't, my 13 year old uh, just whoops me in this video game every time. So uh, yeah, that competitive drive can definitely be a motivator. Um, so, so you trained, did, did your friend uh, stick with it or did they not? <laughs> funny, funny story. Um, he actually did stick with it, and when we first, there was like a, a really, really, really small casino um, right in my hometown. Um, so me and him went there, and we just uh, started back counting tables. Uh, once we had really felt that we were, um, you know, good enough to start playing, we went to the casino just to back count. You know, we still weren't really didn't really want to waste any money at this point. Um, but we went back counted, and once he was like, "Man, I'm." doing really good job back counting like i i feel like i could do this i was like hey well let's go ahead and let's 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 do it together so um i started with about a two thousand dollar bankroll and i think he had either like a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars also and we were playing and i think his first losing session that he had was about ah, let's say 300 bucks maybe 400 bucks and uh, Mm -hmm. that was it that was the last day yeah yeah. Oh man, it's too bad. You guys could have combined. I mean, if you trusted him and all that stuff, you guys could have combined bankrolls and lowered risk and had that kind of you know counterbalance each other with uh, variance. And I think 
I think this was even before I had purchased CDCX also. I think we oh, had, yeah. uh, yeah, so we were kind of just uh, doing our own kind of bet spread. I think you had kind of uh-huh. helped me with something um, at one point, uh, but I don't know if he really had his bet spread or anything like that. I think he's kind of oh, yeah. off of me, but yeah, he ended up having a, a pretty a pretty significant loss for his bankroll size. And uh, yeah, I haven't seen him since with regards to, oh, uh, man. With yeah. regards to counting. We still hang out every now and then now. Cool. Um, yeah, we didn't have any, we didn't have our pro betting software back then. And so CVCX was really the only option. And if you didn't have, you know, the software or windows based computer to do it, um, I think there are a lot of card counters that get to that point. They train themselves a bit and then they just kind of make up a bet spread. Um, and usually it's, it's over betting, the other option is it's like a one to four or one to five bet spread. It's not enough to even be positive EV. So I, th- I think that that's a really, really common, you know, rookie mistake. Uh, just not not being as scientific with the bet spread as you are with with everything else. But but you got to have it all. And I remember you reaching out to me about uh, bet spread, and I helped you put something together. And I I think you know, I didn't hear from you for a bit and you, but you put in a bunch of hours and, and kind of grew that thing, right? Man. Okay. So I had, when I first started card counting, I was determined that after probably about, I don't know, 30 or 40 hours, I was like, man, I'm going to stop doing my company. I'm going to bring on <laughs> like another four or five people. I'll be a millionaire and this and that. I had a completely <laughs> false sense of reality when it came to card counting cards when I first started. Um, cause I had taken my $2,000 bankroll up to like, I, I want to say it was close to about $30,000 uh-huh. from 2000, but, uh, not everything I was doing was just counting cards. Um, I had, uh, met somebody at, um, the boot camp that I had gone to and they told me about, uh, the Phoenix and, uh, I listened to his podcast, um, and I reached out to him. And the casino that he made all that money at was close to my house. So I went over there and I started playing that side bet game. So um, not all the money, not all, not all of my card counting hours in the very beginning was strictly just blackjack. It was a lot of um, the red flex. Um, yeah. So for those who don't know, um, we have a podcast with the Phoenix who beat red flex which is a side bet um he beat it for like over three hundred thousand dollars um which i'm actually surprised you were able to get any time in at it after after him but yeah. it, it it went okay for you um it i lasted uh, let's say two maybe three months um playing oh, wow. probably about probably about once a week for uh-huh. uh probably about four hours three, four hour sessions. Um, and like I said, I was just getting started too. So I wasn't, um, going all out on my red flex bets. I was doing really small red flex bets, but you know, just the, the EV on that game is really high. So I was still just making money. And then I slowly kind of started ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. And mind you, I also was um, playing blackjack uh, at other places too. And Mm -hmm. I just started off just, just winning. And with the, with red flex, you know, it just, I was just, playing but I, I i didn't last anywhere near as long as he did and he kind yeah. of told me that once i had talked to him he's like it's kind of burnt out already yeah. so I, I mean this was even before like my first back off and stuff so you know i was really trying to make sure nothing happened but yeah so you're thinking i'm gonna get five other people under me and and uh, oh, turn this into yeah. a multi-million dollar pyramid scheme literally, what, uh... literally yes yep just, just <laughs> do that pay, pay them out and just make tons and tons of money. I was like, if I can take $2,000 into $25,000, this is too easy. Yeah, turn 30000 into $30 million, just like that. <laughs> exactly, right? So, but so, so what, I know what was in store. Yeah, and, and you're still running your business this whole time, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was running my business. Um, like I said, I do youth sports. So, um, And this was also before I was married and had a kid. So my schedule was very flexible. Um, I had stuff during the week or had classes during the week, um, twice in the week at like, like five to 8 PM. And then on weekends, Saturdays and Sundays. So during the week for the most part, I didn't have too much going on. So I was able to really travel and stuff. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, running my business and doing 
blackjack part-time. And when I first started, you know, I wasn't doing very many hours, but once I kind of ramped up, I was playing blackjack three days a week um, and doing the business as well. And how, how did you balance those things? Did, did you feel like either suffered because of the other, or did you feel like you could do both at a high level? Um, I, because of the hours um, of my company, uh, I could do um, both, run both very well. However, what I found um, once I really started playing and traveling and doing road trips, uh, my other side of the business uh, did suffer slightly, not a ton, but it did suffer a little bit because I just kind of started getting lazy. Um, uh-huh. uh, at first, I used to, when I'm on road trips, you know, uh, I go play, then I come back, I'll do an hour of my business, and then I'll make some phone calls, I'll make sure marketing's uh, going correctly and all that. But, you know, once you are the second day of your um, uh, blackjack trip, you know, and then you're like you're tired, you've been at a table for a long time, you're like, man, I'm just going to skip that hour. So, you know, skipping mm-hmm. that one day kind of led to skipping the next day and then, you know, uh, returning phone calls a little bit later and uh, emails a little bit later versus just instantly. So it did suffer a little bit. Um, and I had to consciously tell my, uh, force myself to, hey, you need to get on a schedule. You know, uh-huh. when you're doing things, get on a schedule. If it's blackjack time, it's blackjack time. Time is business time. But don't kind of uh, intermix the two. Because there would be times I'd be um, at a blackjack table and I get a phone call coming in and I try to try to always answer my phone because it might be mm-hmm. a new client, somebody looking for training or something. So I'm counting that my phone goes off and it's a number that I don't know. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to step away from the table. I take the phone call and then now, you know, I don't uh, have the count or anything like that anymore. Yeah. So I had to kind of just tell myself, hey, when I'm here, don't do business. But when I'm doing business, don't do blackjack either. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a certain level of keeping your business going that you just can't let suffer even on a blackjack trip you got to make that hour or whatever it is 100 percent agree 100 percent. if an emergency happens you have to uh, stop and address it so you're you're playing blackjack i'm assuming you had your best spread stuff because i remember you came to a boot camp and your game was good and um you got your your betting all figured out by then i'm assuming yes Um, yes. and uh and it was working and then kind of where things go from there man so uh Things were going really good. Um, I'd be on our sports trips, um, and then during the day, I'd go to um, uh, I'd have our tournament stuff we're playing in. At night, I go to a casino, and just things were things were going well, man. Uh, winning a good amount of money, everything was good. Right around the time I decided to uh, up my bet spread, mm-hmm. uh, and right around the time when my Red Flex Casino um, backed me off. Uh, I went on a really, really, really bad losing streak. Yeah. Um, and when I say bad, it, it, was, it was bad. But in the back of my mind, um, I was always thinking, okay, well, it's not going to stay like this forever because I'd never really suffered a losing streak. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd never suffered a losing streak. And I had also bumped my bet spread up. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just not used to losing this much because I upped my bet spread. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is probably about 40, 50 hours into card counting and stuff for me, maybe, maybe a little bit more. So, you know, I really was still kind of trying to figure things out. I hadn't had very many back offs. Um, you know, just I was still figuring things out, definitely. So, well, I mean, you must have had more hours than that, I, I think, than, you know, 40 or 50, because if you include all the kind of training, like pre boot camp time, Oh yeah. Oh, I wasn't, I was talking about just table hours. I, I would, I would say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> even including before the boot camp, all that to, to grow up from two to 30 K, um, you know, you're, you're winning like crazy. And then you decide to increase your betting. How, how, like, did you have to decrease your bet spread from the losing streak? Oh, okay. So I should have, I really should have, but um, I had a I had a good amount of money I could have put into blackjack. I just started yeah. with two thousand dollars just because I was like, okay, let me just kind of figure some things out. Um, but I I was losing a lot, and I should have re, uh, um, redone my bet spread. But I had more money I could throw into it, so yeah. I had a replenishing bankroll. You know what I mean? I had that thirty thousand um, dollars I had lost 
basically all of that. And okay. I was like, all right, well, I'll just put some more money into it because I'm going to start winning like I did before. Yeah. And I put uh-huh. more into it and stuff and just kept losing and kept losing and kept losing. And, yeah. and so is is this around the time, I remember you you posted on the forum that you were done. It just wasn't working for you. Uh, yes. Is it? And and I remember, you know, reading that and being like, oh, no, what's been happening? Because, I mean, I'd, I'd met with you. I'd trained you uh, at the boot camp. We met up in Seattle. Um, and, you know, it's just like, dang, what's, you know, what's going on? Um, and I, I even talked to Joe 748 because he saw the forum post and he's like, you know, I wonder what's happening. We got on the phone with you, or or at least I did. And I remember getting on the phone with Joe and talking with him about your situation and you know what you didn't give up what kind of what what happened what did you learn from that experience or what did you correct or you know where did it go from there um so what I found was that uh, first off just I had just started dealing with some negative variants first off but um the real reason I don't think I gave up was I mean at people in the forum uh talking to you talking to Jevin so, so seven four eight um, I've spoken with David as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys just had really positive words of encouragement. Um, and at the end of the day, the competitiveness, I want to say, kept me going. Because mm-hmm. in the back of my mind, I was always thinking like, Colin's not smarter than I am. Joe's not mm-hmm. smarter than I am. David's not, how come they can do it yeah. and I can't do it? Yeah. And I was just determined to figure out what I was doing wrong. Because I was like, you know, it's the, there's just no way, you know, and maybe it's just me, just kind of the kind of mindset that I have. But I was like, there's no way that they're just so much more intellectually smart than I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I've put in the work, I've done the training. They've said, you know, I'm doing good and all this kind of stuff. My game is 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 good. So what am I doing wrong? And I think it was, you know, I just put in a good amount of time and I was like, I I want to stick through it and make sure or say that I've done it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there were a few things, if I remember correctly, there were a few things that, that we helped maybe uh, point out that could have been part of, you know, not digging out of that, that losing streak, like um, the place you'd put a lot of hours in, like the deck penetration was not very good. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a spot I had found um, and I really liked it because it had surrender and you know, it's like, it was a California card house. So I was getting absolutely no heat. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody, I had made friends with most all the dealers and the pit bosses and everything there. Uh, and they weren't kicking me out for anything. And it had surrender. So I think when I first started, the deck penetration was better. And over time, it got significantly worse. And mm-hmm. through me just kind of being lackadaisical, I'm not paying attention, not really understanding deck estimation at the time. Um, I just kept staying there and kept grinding it out. And I was like, oh, well, don't worry. Eventually, it's going to come back. Eventually, it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. So um, I what it ended up being was, you know, I was there was a couple a couple tweaks in my game that wasn't perfect that I didn't need to correct. But I was just playing basically a break-even game. Yes. So once I had won all of that money, then I had lost a lot of money. Then I found this casino that had um, surrender. Deck penetration wasn't great, but I just thought, hey, surrender is helping me out so much. And I played there for a so many hours. And I basically, if you just look at my graph, it's just staggering back and forth, just basically staying at the same place for like 400 hours, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. It and- crazy. So it's it's kind of like the uh, frog in the pot, you know. Um, yeah. You started out there, and the deck penetration was okay, not 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 good, but not you know it is playable. But then uh, maybe their countermeasure was to move that card back just a little bit, you know. And you're thinking, well, I'm still playing the same game. It's just they shuffle a little bit sooner. But that that difference over time, like you said, you're playing a break even game, and you know, you can't, you, you can't overcome a break even game. You, you know, it's not, uh, enough hours you can put in, you know, other than just, just variance in which, in which case you're yeah. just gambling. And so I remember that was the big thing. There was also maybe you'd gotten comfortable playing some more crowded tables, um, which is, is just going to add even more. I mean, as far as the, the deck penetration, what people need to understand is, 
um, it there, there are two things. One is it can decrease the EV to the point where it is. It's not a beatable game or it's it's just really not even worth your time if it is positive EV. But the other is it makes the long run longer. Um, and so even let's say it was negligible positive EV, you're making it harder for yourself to overcome, you know, variance by making the long run even longer. And so you had those things going against you. And then if you're playing more crowded tables, then your rounds per hour drops. And now that long run has just gotten significantly even longer. Um, anything else you want to add to that? No, I mean, what you said, uh, hit the nail on the head. And I didn't, I knew how to count cards, but I didn't really know how to count cards. You know what I mean? I knew just the, the okay, there's true counts, there's basic strategies yeah. of running counts, but I didn't really understand the importance of, hey, if I get another quarter of a deck, that's going to make me more money. Hey, mm -hmm. you know, if I don't sit this table, you know, might be positive, um, but it's, you know, it's only staying at two count ones, two count twos, and it's a completely full table. I'm barely getting any rounds per hour. And if, instead of just trying to save my spot because it's a busy casino, go home, come back when it's not busy. You know what I mean? Trying to really figure out casinos and uh figuring out which table is best you know what i mean i remember mm -hmm. there was one point when uh i would walk into a casino and the first table that would that i saw that was three to two you know and not six to five or a, a csm i'd stop and i'd just start playing versus yep. like hey uh, survey the entire casino you know what i mean see if there's any double decks see if there's any single decks see uh who's cutting what so once i uh, went from my losing streak and started winning, I really had to tighten all of that up about my deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these are things that we definitely cover in the boot camp. Um, but it, you know, like, like anything, if, if you kind of get lackadaisical about it, or if you get comfortable, or if you think, Hey, you know, my technical skills of, of uh, basic strategy, counting deviation, true count conversion, if those are good, you can think that's all I need rather than really, like you said, like, like mastering the game is just the first step, you know, then really knowing how to uh, make it profitable because you could master all those technical aspects and not play a winning game, whether it's through your best spread or whether it's through game selection or crowded to any number of things. And so you, you know, you had mastered the technical aspects, but had uh, overlooked, um, you know, everything that makes a game profitable. Is that accurate? Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I, I felt like I was also also being a little bit too social um, mm -hmm. when I was at uh, casinos. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be there. I'm a very I'm a social butterfly. You know, so if people sit down at the table. Mm -hmm. I'll kind of talk to them um, and stuff. And I, I had gotten really good at talking to people um, and keeping count and all of that. But what I found was I just wasn't focused on what I needed to be focused on. I'd stay mm -hmm. at tables too long. I'd maybe bounce out and instead of going to a table that's completely empty um, with a whole new deck, uh, I might stay and talk to the person that I'm uh, sitting at the table with just because, you know, I'm trying to be social. So, yeah, I, I had to clean up a lot of that stuff. Okay, so what where we're at so far is you got into card counting. You had a history of gambling, which, um, you know, you didn't gamble as a card counter but maybe some of those social tendencies were in play but you master the technical skills you know you put in the time um but you know you kind of got you went on a losing streak and maybe just to try to get the hours in you decided to play a game that that between the deck penetration maybe the more crowded tables um you know letting a few parts of your game just some little things in your game slide you basically are playing a break-even game and you reach this point where you're like i'm done and we knew me and a few of the pros knew you enough to say well that's you know that's like a huge bummer and the, the reason i appreciate you bringing this up is you're not the only one that uh has gone down this route you know i, I know there are other bj members that have had similar situations and honestly you know i've i've shared before i think there's a group of people that were on the church team that um, those same things happened where there's this kind of optimism about deck penetration or playing conditions combined with, you know, 
getting comfortable, you know, focusing too much on the social aspect of the casino, the things that might help your longevity, but at the cost of generating, you know, maximum EV in the casinos. And this group of people on the church team, you know, I, I look at at their career results and they broke even or they won enough that, you know, maybe covered what they were paid, but not enough to like be profitable to the business. And yeah. so, you know, uh, my, my point is, this isn't a unique problem. It just was something that needed to get corrected. And uh, so, you know, how did you kind of take that? How did you, uh, you, you said with your competitive nature, you didn't want to give up. What, where'd you go from there? So um, I kind of, I believe I took a break for a while. I took um, probably about a month off. Uh, but, you know, being a card counter, uh, you know, I kind of felt like personally, once I had losing streaks, I couldn't wait to um, get back to the casino because it's like, man, you know, I had a losing session, I had some losing hours, you know, just based off EV, I'm going to, I'm going to start winning again. So I want to get those hours back in so I can start the winning process. Um, so I took a, a, a break, probably about a month. Um, I believe I had gotten tested out by uh, David also. Yep. Loud, um, loud and he often. Came, <laughs> he came down and he saw me at my local casino. Uh, and that's when he kind of just broke down some things to me as far as the social aspect. The game's not really a winnable game anymore. Uh, it has surrender, but cool. You know, so what? At this point, really, they're cutting off two, two and a half decks every now and then. So, you know, I kind of need to move on. And that's when he also told me staying at tables for a little bit too long and, you know, the so- social aspect. So I took that month-long break uh practiced a little bit more and then i was like okay i need to change how i'm going to do this if i want to be successful so that's when i decided all right no more social uh no more social when you go to casinos it's business don't answer your phone unless it's an emergency you know and i um told my uh, girlfriend or now wife um you know hey if you call me two times in a row i'll answer but, you know, because I know it's an emergency. But besides that, I'm not answering the phone for anybody. I'm just here. I'm not talking to people. I'm doing what I need to do. Um, and honestly, I felt like I felt kind of bad because a lot of times I just became mean to people. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. it's, I was really blunt and just really mean to people. But it started working and I started winning. Um, you know, it's I'd be sitting down at a table. Uh, I have heads up. Things are going well. Somebody comes over like, hey, you mind if I uh, join you? I'm like, oh, sure, come on, you know, do something uh, funny like, hey, you know, don't make sure I keep winning or something like that. Now people be like, hey, do you mind if I sit down and join you? Be like, no, nah, I'd rather play by myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just I yep. really got to that point. You know, um, uh, I wasn't talking dealers and stuff. They'd be uh, trying not to strike up a conversation. I'd be like, hey, man, I'm just here to play. You know what I mean? And it was, it was blunt. But I feel like that's what I needed to do to get rid of that social aspect. It's kind of like all or nothing for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's like I'd be asking dealers. Like once I really got a good dealer, that would be, um, uh, you know, I, I was playing heads up with and stuff. You know, then I uh, learned that other thing from you. It's like, hey, do you think you can deal faster for me? You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like I'm, I'm here on a mission and I'm asking for what I want. And if, if the, a table goes negative or something, I used to be like, all right, guys, well, I think that's my time. You know, it was nice meeting you all, this and that, and pick up my chips. And I have a, you know what I mean? Do all that before I leave. Once the table went negative, I could be heads up. I pick up my chips and I leave and just go to a new table. I wasn't talking to people. Mm-hmm. I was just focused on counting cards. And uh, how, how did it work? How much, did, how much more did you lose? Um, actually, uh, after uh, David came to test me out, I probably lost another two thousand dollars and then i uh-huh. that's when i started going up and winning so did you did you uh get back to uh even where you started uh yes so looking at my graph right now um not only did i get back to even uh, i got back to over where i was in the beginning so uh, you on, got on my, to an all-time all high uh yes all-time high yes. that's awesome that's awesome yeah. so i i want to uh, it was kind of a smart ass comment saying how much more did you lose? Um, but, uh, I knew, I knew that you won. I knew that you got it all back. Um, but I mean, that's, I mean, gosh, we can make a, make a movie out of this. It's got all the, all the elements of a movie, of a, an origin story, you know, um, yeah. that you, you had your transformation and then you, you faced 
a new, a new, more difficult challenge and uh, you overcame it. Um, but I want to step back and say, you know, to me, there's really two things that, that you brought up there with, with um, you, you know, you trained with Loudon Often or David and he helped you realize, you know, he was your, uh, your Yoda or your Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> that said, hey, hey, you know, um, you, he was that Endor or wherever, wherever Luke Skywalker goes and he meets Yoda and Yoda, Yoda trains him. And you realized, okay, if you really want to do this, you know, you're not going to be a Jedi if you half-ass it. And so anyway, there's, there's two things. Um, I, I got totally off on a Star Wars tangent there. But um, the, the first thing is that you started approaching it like a business, that you realized, um, and not that you weren't before, but you started to realize the, the business cost of these mistakes you were making. Whether the mistake is playing poor deck penetration, you realize, oh, there's a business cost to playing poor deck penetration, or the business cost to staying at tables when it goes negative. Or the business cost to playing crowded tables, you know, having a bunch of people sitting at your table. Like, okay, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, oh, I like the social aspect, that's great, you know, good for you. But be aware of the business cost that, you know, slow tables, poor deck penetration, playing through negative counts, it's not going to take long before you're playing a break even or a losing game. Um, so yeah. that's the first is, is that you go ahead. I was just saying to take that even a step further, you know, um, you know, saying playing bad tables and that kind of stuff. I even able to take it a step further and saying playing bad casinos because, you know, casinos yes. can just change. So it's like, okay, yes. if I do a whole, um, if I drive on a whole trip for two hours to this one casino and, you know, I get there and now everything's changed, you know, and now there's one table uh, that is in a CSM and the deck penetration isn't great or this or that, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to drive way over here again. I'm just going to sit here and play at this table until I get um, backed off because, you know, I'm here now. It's like, nah, you can't mm -hmm. do that. Every now and then you, you, you drive somewhere and it's just not playable. Yep, yep. And you know what? If, if people approach card counting or advantage play like a business, you know, it's, it's going to help them make these decisions in the same way with, with your other business. You know, if you're spending too much on marketing or, you know, if you're not closing sales calls or if you're, you're not charging enough for your product or any number of things, you could be working for free, running your business, making absolutely no money. Um, yeah. So, so you, you've got to think through um, not just like, well, I'm already here, so why don't I keep playing? Think through the business cost of every decision, cover you know your bet spread, everything. But the second thing that I heard from you is that you had to kind of go to extreme measures to, as uh, Sassy Red calls it, kill the ploppy. That there were some kind of social, because you're an extrovert, because you're a social person, and probably some of it from your background with gambling, there were some tendencies that it was like, look, if I'm going to do this, I've got to go all the way. You know, I can't, you know, uh, someone says, hey, can I join your table? If you say, oh, yeah, come on in, you know, you just know yourself that you might start getting distracted by a so side conversation or be less uh, likely to, I don't know, uh, leave the table if it goes negative or any number of things that you kind of had to go to extreme measures to kill the poppy. Is that accurate? Oh, definitely, definitely. Awesome. And through fixing that, uh, approaching it like a business, killing the ploppy, I mean, the results, you know, the, the results took care of themselves, which was exciting for us because it would have been a bummer if the way your story ended is, hey, I, you know, won some money, I lost it back, lost a little more, um, been grinding, and, you know, I'm, I mean, it would have been okay. I, I care about you, whether you're a card carrier or not, but I'm so glad you've, fix those things and reach the all time high. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a, a good journey and, um, you know, it, there was, it was full of highs and lows, you know, there's some exciting times, but, um, yeah, like you said, just being able to conquer that, you know what I mean? And not be able to yeah. say like, I failed at this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, to make some, make some money at it along the way. Um, so, you know, where, where did things go from there? Where are you at with advantage play currently? Um, so, uh, my mom, well, you know, the whole coronavirus and stuff, uh, 
yeah. my mom, she was diagnosed with cancer. And um, I just kind of decided, you know, with the whole coronavirus, it was probably better if I stopped playing. Um, because, you know, she's going through chemo and everything and she's mm-hmm. feeling, uh, or, you know, she's susceptible. So I was like, yeah. you know, um, casinos will always be there. So I uh, took a little bit of time off. Um, I had my first child also. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the coronavirus and him, it's good. At, um, I get a chance to spend a lot of time with him. He gets a chance to spend time with his grandmother. Um, and then also we yeah. had done some investments uh, with real estate and stuff. So I had used um, a lot of my, basically all of my bankroll for those investments. So I was kind of cash poor and didn't have a bankroll uh, at the time either. So all this kind of put it all together and I just decided to take a little bit of a break. Um, I plan on starting back up in December uh, uh-huh. again. Um, my mom should be done with her last uh, round of chemo at the beginning of December. So the end of December, um, I'll be, I'll start playing again. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that that your mom's almost done with chemo, I remember my dad going through that, and and uh, you know, not not an easy thing uh, for for the person going through it, but but the whole family. So, um, and and so you're you're uh, you've won back the six or seven thousand you lost, but but you're not not done with advantage play. It sounds like. Oh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but but how has COVID affected your other business? Oh man, we've been completely shut down. Uh, it's been about six or seven months now. Um, so we're in California, uh, yeah. and everything out here is still shut down. We we can't do any sports. Uh, I take some kids, some of our clients that have been around for a while. I take them uh, to some outdoor parks, and we'll have some practices, try to social mm-hmm. distance and stuff. But as far as the whole program, we haven't had. Uh, we got rid of all our camps this year. We haven't had classes our travel teams um which is a really high yeah. for us we've had to cancel all of our travel teams so it's been yeah for, for that it's been uh, it's been rough, rough. Man. But luckily, like i said we had some investments that paid off well and my wife right before the coronavirus um got a new job and, and she works in uh, for grubhub so you know that whole food delivery service um industry with they're they're doing great so yeah good well hopefully uh Hopefully this COVID stuff is not a thing in another six months and, and uh, your bit, your business can, can recover. I know a lot of people have been, been kind of just their business on pause. That's basically where I've been. And it's, it's weird too, because I'm, I'm, you know, watching, uh, looking at the forum. I haven't been too active on it just because like I said, I've kind of been just doing some other stuff, but you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, man, you know, I've had a a ton of back offs, some um, trespasses and all that kind of stuff. It would be amazing to be able to go into a casino and um, have a yeah. mask and a, a pair of reading glasses. Like I feel like I can go <laughs> back to some of these places now, but the chance, the fact that I'm not getting a chance to do it, it's kind of driving me crazy. But like yeah. I said, I'll, they'll still be there in the future. Yeah, yeah, maybe in a couple months when you're when you're back out there, you can uh, give give some of those casinos another try with with the mask. Exactly. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how you kind of dealt with casino personnel. And, and I know it was a while before you even got uh, databased. Any, any advice or any thoughts on that? Man, um, how I deal with casino, pe- per- casino personnel. That's interesting. Um, I remember I told Joe uh, 748, uh, I told, we'd always uh, go back and forth. I'd be telling him stories. Um, I'm a very blunt person. Uh, when I say something, I mean it. And I don't really like to repeat myself and stuff a lot of times. So um, I never showed anybody. It, it was my main goal. I did not want to be um, database. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want them to know my name or anything like that. So I never gave my ID. The only time I'd give my ID, I still look kind of young, would be, you know, if I come in and they're like, hey, can I see your ID for uh, just see how old I am? You know what I mean? I'd Sure, I, I'll give you my ID like that. But anytime I get a back off, um, you know, <laughs> a pit boss, someone come over and be like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. You know, um, can I see your ID? Like, no. They're like, okay. You know what I mean? And it's just kind yeah. of kind of awkward because I don't really repeat myself. I'm like, no. And they try to give me an excuse. Well, you know, I'd love to see, uh, love for you to play some more, but you know, I just need to see your ID. This and that. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. And they're like, oh, this and that. Going back and forth. So many excuses and so many things. And uh, I never, never gave my ID. If I go to, to a, um, what is it called? If I go to a, a cage 
and to get my chips. And they're like, hey, Dad, we need to see some ID. I'm like, for what? Oh, well, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it. I'll come back and get my chips later. I have somebody else yeah. go cash my chips in at another point. I'll hold on to them for a while, or I'll just go back later at a different shift and, um, uh, you know, cash them out. But uh, I would say to, you know, to other people, you know, they're pit bosses. They're, they're fiends. I mean, they, they can't. They don't have an immense amount of authority over you. You know, if they ask for something for you, you are, uh, you know, you don't have to give it to them. You know yeah. what I mean? They're asking for your ID, even if they try to bully you into things. Well, you know, we're not going to let you do this. We're not going to let you do that. Okay. Like, you know and, what I mean? So, okay. Yeah. So, so you just dealt with the consequences of never showing ID and you, in, in hindsight, do you think that that, you know, that worked? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it made me last a long time, I believe. Um, I know my picture was floating around, but they didn't know my name. And another yeah. thing, too, um, every time I go into casinos, I basically, like, give a new name, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and this is kind of a game that I play with myself, too. So I go to a casino, and I come up with, like, some sort of, sort of story of who I was. Because, you know, somebody always asks something. Yeah. Um, uh, but I come up with a name and, like, of what I did. I try to keep it simple, but that's what it was. But I trained myself to don't respond to that name. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because a lot of yes. people, like, yeah, a lot of people would uh, come in or like pit bosses, they'd be like, hey, such and such. You know what I mean? Like, don't respond. Yeah. Never look up. Never look up. It could have been a name you used before, and that's who they think you are. Never look up. Uh-huh. I might buy you a little bit more time. So, um, yeah, I, dealing with casino personnel for me was uh, kind of fun. You know, the back offs were, were always interesting. Um, <laughs> the, the people, the trespasses, I've had some pretty nasty trespasses. Um, those have always been interesting and the nasty trespasses have always led to, um, you know, some pit boss that thinks he has more power than he does. And he's trying to make me give him his, uh, give him my ID and I'm not having any of it at all. I'm like, I'm not giving you my ID. Um, and they just lose it, man. And <laughs> like, uh, okay. But after all that said and done, you still can't have my ID. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's the advice I do tell other people um, that have reached out to me at times. Be like, hey, you know, don't don't let them bully you into giving you what they want. And how do you think you uh, did? They they eventually get your name. Was it from a CTR or? Man, you want to know how they got? They did not get my name <laughs> from the CTR. I'll tell you exactly how they got my name. Um, so I was gambling, and uh, yeah, I was gambling. I was hitting all these casinos that were owned by the same company. By gambling, uh, you mean counting cards? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, my my mistake. My mistake. I was uh, <laughs> counting cards, and uh, it's been a while. I've been out, out of it, and it's yeah. That's why I said that. But um, yes, yeah, so I was counting cards at uh, chain of casinos that were all um, the same company. Um, I had been backed off by multiple of them. Um, one time, they even met me in the parking lot with security, and um, <laughs> this is funny. They surrounded my car with uh, like the bikes so I couldn't get out and they were like knocking on the window trying to talk to me and I like wouldn't roll my window down I'm just sitting there counting money and the guy's like knocking the window uh, knocking on my window I'm just I have my spreadsheet up and I'm like typing in all my stuff like completely ignoring them uh and they were not happy about that at all so guys like yelling and stuff I end up just kind of it was kind of a small curb so I just took my car over the curb and just went <laughs> and just drove to a new casino so i'd gone there like i said i never bring my id out i don't even pay for um pay for uh what is it pay for food or anything like that if i'm eating in the casino with my uh card i Uh was sitting down i was eating and i had i think i had left my bankroll like in my bag in the car or something somehow i didn't have cash so i pulled out my card to Uh give them uh, to pay for it and i pulled out my card to pay for it by the time I had come by and signed my check and everything, they were talking to me by name and were trespassing. Uh. Yes. So I'm like, I'm very, very, very confident that by since I paid with my uh, actual credit card with my name on it, that's how they got my name. Because up until that point, nobody knew anything about my name or anything. Yeah. Like that. So that's good. Uh, good for people to know if you really want to avoid them knowing your name, just pay with cash. Don't, you know, uh, don't get a hotel room with your ID. Don't pay for food with your ID, anything like that. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, and for me, like I'd always ask for comps. Um, but my main thing was I wasn't giving up my ID. Um, there was 
two times, believe it or not, I, it, was, it even surprised me where I got comps without um, uh, giving up my ID because, you know, I, I just ask for things. You know, I'm at the table, yeah. hey, I'm hungry, can I get something to eat? Uh, and I know the pit boss wants it. Hey, give me your ID and I'll um, give you something to eat. No, nah, I'm good. It's only, it's only 10 bucks. I'll get it. But I'm asking over and over, new yeah. pit boss will come. I'll ask. A new pit boss will come. i ask. I'm hungry. Everybody's saying ID. And I think I just wore somebody down one time. They're like, fine, follow me. <laughs> Walked me over used his little thing and uh, got me a comp without giving up my ID. I was, I was pretty proud That's of that. That's funny. That's yeah. how it was in the old days. They just you have a little slip and they'd fill it out and, you know, what's your name? And that's how I remember Ben got some ridiculous comp slips. They would, you know, like Ed Thorpe, it would be, the comp would be written to Ed, Thor- <laughs> Ed Thorpe or, or I think he did Stanford Wong and uh, did like tennis pro or he just like make up funny names. But um, yeah, now, now, I mean, those days you'd, I was going to say they're long gone, but I guess if you, if you get on, you know, if you ask enough times, maybe you can wear them down. Uh, yeah, any, it, it, any final stories or advice you want to leave our, our listeners with? And I have a, I have a ton of stories, but, uh, um, the, the most, I don't know if I should tell this story. I always feel bad. I don't think I've even told you this story yet, Colin. Oh no. Oh, so, no. um, if you if you want to edit this one out, we we'll have to edit it out. But I'm gonna tell you the story. All right, um, I was at a casino, and um, this was around the time when I was really just not playing or um, trying to get my game better and not play crowded casinos. So I got into the casino, uh, and it was just really crowded. And I was like, all right, I'm not gonna play. I'm just gonna sit around. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I got something to eat. I was really like, hey, just wait for the crowd to die down. So I was going to say, all right, just give it a couple hours. Don't die down, then you can play. Well, um, while I'm just sitting back, kind of back counting a table, uh, I hear like, ah, like a really, really, really loud scream. And some lady like falls out of her chair. And it's not funny or anything like that. She literally is having a heart attack. Oh, no. Yes, it's an older lady. She's having a heart attack. People are screaming. Like somebody like starts like trying to do CPR on her and all this kind of stuff. Um, the the medical the casino medical staff they came over. Uh, they had the defibrillator uh, out. They were doing this. And once again, I'm not a medical expert. I don't know if she's having a heart attack, but she was clutching her uh, chest, kind of like she was having a heart attack. And you know, people are like crowded around. They're trying to push people back. And um, yeah. She they pulled in the ambulance and everything, and she ended up uh, passing away at the at the casino. Wow. Well, yeah. I've heard that at casinos they'll keep. At least this is what I heard about Vegas. They'll keep doing CPR until they get outside of the casino, so that the person didn't die, quote unquote, at the casino. Yeah, because and it's, it's not um, good for PR. Yeah, I know, right? And so they 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 definitely put her on the stretcher, but I mean, she was like lifeless, Lou wow. and that kind of stuff. And like, you could tell like, yeah, so it was really bad. And like, so a little bit more to the story. So there was people, like people were crying. There's oh, man. like, it's, it's weird. Like they shut down some of these tables, like all the tables that were over there in that section. And, you know, not to be mean, you know what I mean? Not like, but... I was waiting for the casino to not be so crowded to start playing anymore. Yeah. So once all that happened, everybody kind of just dispersed. And I kind of looked at the dealer. I was like, is this table open? And she's like, uh, do you really feel like now's the time to play? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and so then I started playing and that cleared out the casino. It was really, really, really sad. And it was really, really, really interesting. But I was like, man, after all that was said and done, I still played because it was it was empty now, kind of, and I felt really bad about that. Well, yeah. How much? How long is an appropriate amount of time to wait before it's like socially okay to? And that's and that's kind of what I was. And that's when she asked me. She was like, "Hey, you know, do you really feel like playing is okay?" And I'm like, "I, I can't do anything about this situation. You know what I mean?" And like you said, yeah. how long is an appropriate amount of time? Am I supposed to? go home and come back. If I go home, I'm not going to be able to come back. <laughs> oh you know I mean? man. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was, it was weird. I felt really, really, really weird about it. <laughs> but I was there to get table hours in. It was really crowded. I was waiting and that cleared out the, um, the, the casino basically. Well, you're heartless, Bala boy. You're heartless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it was, uh, 
I've, uh, I think only my wife knows that one. Um, and, <laughs> it's like a uh, lemons, lemons, lemonade story. Life gives you lemons. I guess you make lemonade. I know. Right. It was, uh, it was interesting. And then, um, uh, speaking of stories, uh, my wife's looking at me right now, but, <laughs> um, she doesn't know this yet either. So I got a really bad, uh, trespass in, uh, Las Vegas. And, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. The trespass in Las Vegas and her best friend is getting married in Las Vegas coming up soon. And when I saw the hotel of the place she was getting married at, it was that place. Oh man. So, um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to wear your mask and your readers and you know what? I, I think I am. I'm definitely going to wear my, uh, my mask for the coronavirus and join the wedding and hope nothing bad happens. But yeah, oh, man. when I saw it, I was like, out of all the places, yeah. <laughs> why would it be at this one? Yeah, just don't walk in through the table games area. Walk I in know, through the right. hotel or something. Uh, uh, make sure you've got sunglasses and a hat on when you go through where they might have, uh, I don't know, any any cameras and, and you should be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. And it was a while ago, so yeah. But it'll, it'll make for a great story if you get... Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, escorted off the property during, during the wedding. I know. Right. I'm not in it or anything. I'll stand in the back just in case, you know, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll tend in the back. So if I get a little tap or something, I'll be like, well, you know, we're on the outskirts of the wedding right now. So, yeah. That's pretty funny. Any, any, uh, final advice for, for someone that's, you know, maybe where, where you were when, when you were early on in your, your playing days. Um, little things matter. The yeah. little things that you don't think matter, they really do matter. Um, you know, every everybody makes mistakes, especially when you're first starting out. Um, mm-hmm. Don't make a mistake and think, ah, uh, you know that 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 just happened. You know, it doesn't happen very often, or you know, it's it's it, it matters. If you if you make a mistake, note it, come back, and um, make sure you don't make that mistake again. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it comes to deck penetration, uh, little things matter. You know, yeah. um, when it comes to, um, what is it? Uh, dealing with casino personnel and that kind of stuff. If you don't mind being database, then give them your ID. But you know, um, do mind being database, little things matter. Don't give up your ID. Stand, stand your ground. You know what I mean? Don't yep. Tell them no. And if they want to walk you out, that's fine. Um yeah, that's. I think that would be my my biggest thing coming from the position I was in for so long. Uh, it was just, you know, focus. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're there. What worked for me, I think, the most was uh, treating it like a business versus like, all right, I'm just going out to the casino. I'm going to count cards, um, and I'm going to go home. It's like, no, I'm out here. I want to get a certain amount of hours. I want to get a certain amount of good hours um, at tables. And I, I'm working right now. You know, this isn't, this isn't fun. This isn't games or anything like that. I'm, I'm really focused on trying to work. Um, I think those would be kind of my, my biggest thing. And then also, another thing that worked really well for me, too, was once I really got serious, um, I started noticing more about dealers and dealer errors. Dealer errors were big for me, especially when um, I started winning. And I feel like I do a good job of that right now. Um, I, I not to be too mean or anything like that, but if I see it's a new dealer, I take full yep. advantage of that. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you're talking about little things matter and how they add up, um, there's actually a, a part of one of the boot camp talks that that I give where I've added um, a couple slides that you know that I basically do a comparison. I, I call it Joe Seven Four Seven versus Joe Seven Four Eight, and uh-huh. uh, you know, Joe Seven Four Eight. That's that's um, you know over a million dollar card counter for those you can listen to his podcasts. Um, Just some four seven is someone that's not paying attention to those little details. And so I kind of do this comparison of, you know, what if the deck penetration is a little worse than, you know, uh, than you want to admit to it. And what if you're playing a little bit slower tables? What if you're not spreading your bet as big, you're playing a little bit more negative counts and, you know, or the rules are maybe a little bit worse than you thought they were going to be. And and just in this kind of visual graph, you can see this incredible difference in EV for for these yeah. two people. And they both the thing that what 
people don't realize they both are playing perfect basic strategy, perfect counting, perfect true count conversion, perfect deviations, um, you know, perfect betting other than maybe not being as aggressive. Uh, so, you know, I think it's just a kind of a visual. I'll, I'll send you a slide when we get off, off this. So you, so you can see, you know, exactly what, what you're saying. These little details matter. And so one final bit of advice I'll give people is when you can play perfectly before you start playing in a casino, spend time with betting software, spend time, you know, put in a bet spread and then say, well, what if the deck penetration is a quarter deck worse or a half deck worse? What does that do to your EV and your risk? What if, you know, instead of playing a hundred rounds per hour, it's a full table and I'm playing 50 rounds per hour. What does that do to your EV and to your risk? Um, you know, what if the rules are a little bit worse? And uh, what if your bet spread, you know, is a little bit less aggressive or you play through negative counts? What do any of those variables do to, to your EV? And, you know, you'll learn a lot from that in how every one of these details matters, just like you said. So there's my pro tip for, for anybody listening is, is really take the time to, to get familiar with bank software and see how all these variables affect your EV and your risk and your long run. Definitely. Couldn't have been said better. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for taking the time to share your story and, uh, you know, wish the best for your mom. Um, wish uh, the best for, you know, the rest of the time that California is in lockdown and, and that this COVID stuff comes to an end quickly and uh, you can get your business and your advantage play uh, careers back back in action. But thanks for for sharing your your story with us. Definitely, man, and uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, like I said, come come December uh, for everybody on the forum and everything. I'll I'll try to be more active and talking to people and that kind of stuff more. Just right now, you know, I've kind of been out of it because I just haven't been playing for a while now. Yep. It's yep. understandable. Awesome. Well, I'll see you on the forum and uh, everybody else. If you want to learn more about card counting, you know, check out Blackjack Apprenticeship. Talk to you guys later. That's it for you guys. If you want to learn more about how to master card counting, network with other Advantage players, get access to all sorts of software to help you take casinos money, that's what we have at Blackjack Apprenticeship. In our membership, there's videos, there's training software, there's a forum that is active with lots of both pro and part-time Advantage players. We've got a casino database, we've got betting software and all sorts of stuff. You can check that out at blackjackapprenticeship.com.